Welcome to the Online Broadcast. I'm Carice Hendricks. And I'm Brett Johnson. And we're both anti-fraud experts. But with very different sets of experiences. I've been in the anti-fraud space for well over a decade, working with hundreds of the biggest online companies in the world to help them prevent payment fraud. And prior to several years ago, I was a fraudster. I committed several different types of fraud online until I ended up on the United States Most Wanted list. Of course, I spent time in prison, but since that point, I've dedicated my career to helping businesses and consumers protect themselves against people like I used to be. And we're back with season two. We finally. are back. Oh, it's good to be back, Brett. Well, it's 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 good that you decided to talk to me again. Oh, stop it. <laughs> we're gonna get into that in a little bit. It wasn't it wasn't that bad, I would say. For a couple months, we didn't speak on the phone. And then, you know, there was some stuff there. And we will definitely talk about that soon. But then we both got super busy and life happened. Um, I mean, it was just insane. Like when I was traveling the world, you were at home. And then when you were like, it was like, we're not. I I mean, you've been to Paris. You've been all over the place. Since we last recorded, I've been to Israel once and Paris twice. (laughs) Not to mention a lot of places in between, you know, within our country. (laughs) But you travel a lot too. I'm just jealous that you got to go to Paris since I've been there. I mean, I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) Well, you've been there, but you were working the entire time, right? Like didn't get to see anything. That's true. I was working. I got to have a couple of nice meals. I got to meet several outstanding people. I even gave a presentation from behind a bar. So as they were serving drinks to people. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> well, that was when you did the TEDx talk, right? Yeah, that was when I get, get, did uh, TEDx, yeah. Well, I only had time for one nice meal while I was oh. there. Uh, it was it? like 12-hour days. Oh, my gosh. Um, it was fish of some kind because I only eat fish and vegetables. But um, it was delicious. Uh, the project manager that I was working with on this project, she lived in Paris for seven years. So, oh, my gosh, she knew the world's best places. And this one <laughs> restaurant that we did – actually get to sit down and have dinner at uh you they didn't speak english this was not a tourist place uh so i was very lucky that i had my own personal uh translator but yeah so things have just been super super busy so you've been busy as well a little busy. I mean, okay, so we we all know that I talk all all over the place. I launched the Anglerfish podcast. The, yes. The, the first season is, of course, Brett Johnson's story from bad guy to good guy. So that uh, that actually ends. I've got one more episode to put up of that. Was that one? Uh, that one was a bad, came out recorded bad, and I had uh, visited a high school teacher of mine oh. and recorded with her as well. And both uh, both those episodes were just unusable. So that was, that was a bad thing about it. Uh, out there. Um, but there were a lot of things I didn't know or just that I didn't want to hear again because you're my friend and I care about you. So I appreciate that. I really, yeah, but that's, I mean, but I have listened to a lot of the, you know, (laughs) ones after prison and, uh, I, in the middle of listening to the one with Kelly Pope right now, actually, and, and really am enjoying it. I love how oh, she just took great. control and was interviewing you. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> I was like, she I feel like she and I could be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Might be scary for you, but I like her. <laughs> oh, I love her. She is. She's she's outstanding. She really is. When she created that documentary, All the Queen's Horses, in case nobody else knows that, on Netflix. And it's a really good one about fraud and con a con woman and oh, all yeah, that. Wonderful. So, I, of course, I launched the Anglerfish podcast. Uh 
I just finished, so Wednesday I, I put in the book proposal. So I am now represented not only by Authentic Talent Management, which also represents this podcast that we're doing here at the Fraudcast, but CAA came in to represent me on the book. So the, the Shadow Crew, Brett Johnson bio book. And the, the conversation was, you know, we were talking and <laughs> the CAA agent, he was like, uh, so who's going to write it? And I'm like, well, you know, I would like to write it. And he hmm. was like, uh, well, how soon could you get a book proposal? <laughs> Have you ever done a book proposal? And I was like, no, but I can get you a book proposal in 30 days. Oh, gosh. And he gets yeah. quiet and he's like, you can do a book proposal in 30 days. And I was like, 30 days. <laughs> you know, talking out of your ass isn't exactly something you have to do as much when you're a legal person. Just saying. Like, you you can say, hey, what's involved in a book proposal? How long does it usually take people to, Well, he you was know. kind enough. He was kind enough oh, to good. send me. Uh, he sent some sample book proposals. <laughs> and I did not get it in in 30 days. I got it in in 37 days. But you did. I mean, you were, like, didn't you lock yourself in your office for, like, out, like days was, on end? I, I mean, was locked was not... in my office for eight to nine hours a day. I, Which I, is I, why we weren't able to record this any right. sooner. Like, I mean, the last was, few weeks yeah. I've been home, but yeah. yeah. And I was, when I when I write and when I was doing the proposal, I, I play, I've got a 500-watt stereo system on my desk. I crank it to full full, full volume. Jeez. And it's it's either blasting heavy metal like Slipknot and stuff like that, or it's doing this John Prine country music. So there's like no in between. I don't know how you don't get distracted with that, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> so I'm supposed to find out. I'll find out this week if yeah. I'm writing the book or if they're going to bring a ghostwriter in and write that. Um, at the same time, of course, I'm partnering with AARP for a set of presentations this year across the United States. So doing that. Um, and things continue to get uh, just keep on trucking. I'm in talks with A and E to host a TV show with them. Um, I mean, it just it, it's, there's other stuff too that we can't talk about yet, but it's really cool. I, but it's it's crazy. I mean, it it really is crazy the uh, the turnaround that that has happened over the past you know what three four years is that what it is, Carice? I mean, it's it's crazy. Three. Uh, Three years and three months as yeah, of January sister, 2020. Yeah. My sister tends to put all this stuff into perspective. So she, <laughs> okay. she was like, she was like, you know, her first comment, she's made like three or four of these comments. So the first <laughs> comment was, she, we're on the phone and she was like, you know, you are the only guy in the world. You don't do anything in moderation. You go all the way <laughs> on the true. bad side. Now you go all the way on good side. And I was like, yeah. Then she was like, the last, next comment, she she gets me on the phone again. She's like, you know, it really is like you've hit the lottery. Mm. I'm like, yes, it is. She's like, you're the only person in the world that could fall face first in a bucket of shit and get a <laughs> <gold> bar. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then, I need to uh, meet Denise. I've oh, been saying great. that for years, but yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I love your wife, so I know I'd yeah. love your sister too. And the last thing she said, she we were talking the other day, and she, she says, you know, uh, she said, the thing is, Brett, as you used to, uh, when you were a bad guy, she said, your your catchphrase was, let me see what I can do. Mm. And whenever you said that, it was always going to go really, really bad for somebody. Wow. And, and she's like, these days, when you say, let me see what I can do, it's just completely different. She mm. said, it's just how, how, how much good can you do? And, uh, you know, we talk about that a lot because I don't, I don't stop. I mean, I'm... Uh, it's it's like I just can't. Uh, I guess I feel like I just don't do enough, you know. And uh, that's I guess that's the big thing I've been doing the past few months is uh, 
more than business, it's that personal stuff, you know, reconciling the past with what I do these days and, and all that. And I'm doing that with the, the Anglerfish podcast and people I, I talk with and everything. It took quite a toll on you over the summer. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. uh, I know that that was really hard, but, um, you know, I, I couldn't imagine speaking publicly about the hardest stuff that I've done in my life or the worst decisions <laughs> I've made, and they are nothing compared to yours. So well, yeah, so, um, I mean, but we've all got we've all got you know these these burdens that we were hit with and everything, and you know I was um, I, I tell you, Carice, I had um, I, I I reconnected with my first cousin uh, about a year ago. Yeah, her, name, her name's Frances. Uh, yeah. And, um, She's got she's got three kids, and uh, one of the kids is in cybersecurity. Hmm. And he started listening. He he met, sent me a message the other night. He was like, uh, you know, he said you're just, and I, I I still don't get that, but he's like, you are just so inspirational to come from every place that you've came from, and did, and you've done everything you've done, and you turned it around. Hmm. And uh, you know, I'm pretty I'm pretty pretty open about the only reason I'm able to turn it around. I mean, it, yeah, I I had a part in that. Because I had to want to do it, but right. I would have been unable to do it without people like you and, you know, Neil Farrell, the FBI, my wife. Um, not only that, but everybody that that still brings me into this day to to speak or consult or anything else like that. That's that's the thing that separated me from being back in prison. Was that the people out there who actually gave me a chance? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think I realized how, like how close you were to going back to committing crime until I listened to a recent episode of the sure. um, anglerfish podcast and realizing, huh, I don't know <laughs> if I would have known that like, you know, he was literally planning on committing synthetic ID. If the speaking thing didn't work out, I no. probably wouldn't have brought him in to see it. I mean, I know I wouldn't have, <laughs> but you know, you did have a unique set of skills where not only do you know current crime and everything else, you also are very engaging and good at speaking and, and all of that. And so, you did a lot of that, but I, I don't think I realized how big of a role I played in your career until I yeah, listened to that. I was like, oh, wow, it's really close. Um, but no, I mean, it's just funny how life works, but I'm curious to know, are you, are you threat? Cause you really are, you're burning the candle at every single end possible. Sure. You're constantly bringing on a new project. You're constantly, I'm always like, dude, aren't you making enough money? Like, can't you just take some time off? Like, <laughs> you know, you're going to whatever, but burn yourself out or maybe half ass stuff because you're just stretched so thin. Like yeah. I'm half as busy as you are and I'm constantly feeling like I'm playing catch up and I'm always behind. Right. Do you feel like it's because you have so much remorse for what you did that you feel like you need to like earn more good points, so to speak, or is it because you think, okay, lightning can't strike twice. I need to like take advantage of all of this as much as possible and make as much as I can. No, no or is it no. somewhere it's, in the it's... middle? Like, it's, or is it just keeping past. you busy so that you don't think about that? Like, I, I'm just curious the reason for that. Well, there, there's a few things. So it's, it's the first is, is that money, thankfully I make enough money that money doesn't matter. If that makes any sense. I don't now. worry about <laughs> three right, years now. after. Yes. I don't, uh, Which, I don't worry about right. the, uh, um, doing things for money. Right. So that's why I'm moving. I'm trying to transition into human trafficking, into extremists, you know, targeting those types of things, drug trafficking as well. Um, to try to help combat that. So it's, it's, why do I stay busy? There's a few reasons for that. One is to, of course, balance the scales. Mm. All right. Um, Your own scales or those in, in the world? It's, no, it's all it's my all, scales. That's it's, it. Yeah. So I, I, with me, it is, uh, it, there's a huge part of me that, uh, that fills the need 
I can't make amends for what I've for the people I've hurt and the crimes I've committed, but what I can do is is try to uh, to do enough good on the, on the side now that um, hopefully it balances the skills at the end. You know mm-hmm. that I can that I can sit there or somebody can sit there and say, you know, yeah, he fucked up, but you know what, he ended up a good guy. Right. So uh, that that means a lot to me right there. The other thing is that, um, of course, I work well under pressure. I always have, but um, it's like it's like I, I it's not that that I'm worried about this career that I've got going anywhere. If you look at Frank Abagnale, if you look at Kevin Mitnick, these other guys that you know you have one every about twenty years that pops up, you know that they're pretty well set, um, and I, I expect that I will be as well as, as far as speaking. Consulting, I, I think that that continues on for however long I want to speak. But uh, there's a there's a huge part of me that feels that, you know, I just don't have a lot of time, and I need to do as much as I possibly can in that interim to uh, to, to to affect some sort of change. So hmm. that's that's a lot of it too. And then a lot of it is um, a lot of it is this this whole idea that if I take the time to uh, to pause that I may look back and it may swallow me up to a degree so I, I want to continue to uh, to go forward I don't want to uh, have followed back into that abyss not not crime you know but just the uh, that 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 past I'm afraid the past might might swallow me up I guess part of me is so yeah you mean mentally and emotionally like it'd be hard to reconcile with it yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's um, reconciling that stuff. It's not just, you know, like you said, it's it's hard to listen to those first few episodes of Anglerfish because it talks about, you know, a lot of, a lot of child abuse, a lot of um, stuff that me and my sister went through. But it's not just that. So, you know, I'm, I deal with that, trying to reconcile that past with my choices as an adult. But it's also the people that I hurt. You know, for for years I was a liar. I was a criminal. There was there was really no, I don't think there was any redeeming features. I don't think that you can you can be a, a, a have anything redeeming about you if you're if you're constantly breaking the law for whatever reason or justification you want to have for that. I just don't think that uh, that you're that that there's anything redeeming about you. So there, I went through decades, not just years, but decades of of being this just a not a good person, just a a. Uh, you know, just a bad part of society. And I'm trying to, um, like I said, I would like to, I guess I would like to just go out having people say that he's, you know, he, he fucked up, but he was all right at the end. Hmm. Well, I guess, I mean, I would just worry about burnout, right? Like you can also burn out and then have to deal with that abyss one way. You're going to have to deal with it one way or another. Right. And, you and I have had this conversation many, many, many times offline, uh, you know, therapy, et cetera. Um, but I, you know, I've always really valued your honesty in where you're at, uh, in the moment. And, um, I know that that's, you know, a big part of your recovery is going to almost like this brutal honesty. Right. Um, and, uh, being a lot more honest about kind of your own, um, just vulnerability and, and all of that, um, internal stuff because it's real. And I mean, I, I 
I think that that's very important to talk about because if people just follow you on social media or follow your blogs or whatever, like they're going to think that everything's great. You're wonderful. And gosh, you know, it's a good way to make money is to commit crime and then go on the other end. And I mean, you talk about it a lot on the English at Angler Fish podcast as well. Um, that it's not that easy. It's not, you know, so many criminals just think, oh, well, when I get caught, I'll be the next Brett Johnson or the next Frank Abagnale. Um, I mean, I've had a few criminals say that they want to go legit and they think I'm a kingmaker now. And that's not, that was a one time, like (laughs) a one time thing. But there are also a lot of things about, you know, when you and I talked a lot and stuff, you, um, you know, you were consistent, you were persistent, you, um, and you were honest and you were vulnerable and you, um, were very, um, good at explaining, um, sorry, are you hearing feedback? I'm not, no. Okay. I wonder if that's my heater. Oh no, it's just the, oh, there was wind. Sorry. Okay. Or like a airplane or no, something. I sorry. I'll just go back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just was like, uh, <laughs> I just want to make sure since, you know, the first time there was, yeah. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I mean, I think that you've always been really um, genuine and I've always appreciated that about you. So um, we could have went into a turn that we weren't planning on as far <laughs> as that, which is fine. That always happens. I think that's why listeners well, like, you know, it, um, it, it does it with me. I mean, you, you, you know, the business is great, but at the end of the day, the most important thing that I've been going through is just finding Brett Johnson. Right. That's it. That's always the most important. Yeah. So. <laughs> but I'm glad that you know that that's important. And yeah. I mean, you flew up to Seattle a few months ago and, you know, things were really, really hard then. And I, I was worried about you. Like I was yeah. really genuinely like not worried that you were going to do, but just were not worried that you were going to go back to crime or hurt yourself or anything, but right, just right. worried about your mental health. And I, I think that you it's really important and good that you have recognized that. Well, that's, you, know, that's you need to balance it out a little bit. You can't yeah. always be working at 100 miles an hour because right. every car needs to get go into the shop every once in a while. You're right. And, you know, that's especially that's when you're going 100 miles an hour all the time. <laughs> it needs more work. I mean, and I can't say I mean, my 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 mental health. I'm not crazy. All right. I'm not. No, no, no. And I want to make sure everyone knows that. No, no, yeah. no. You were just it was just a lot of feelings. I mean, yeah, gosh, me it's, um, I, of it's, course, it's every you. day. It's yeah. every single day, you know, that. uh yeah, I come. I, I'm on stage. I'm a ball of energy. I'm making jokes. I'm, I'm being, uh, I'm being brutally honest. I, I, I scare the audience. I give the audience hope. I do all this other stuff. But at the same time, you know, people need to understand that that Brett Johnson, the person, not a day goes by that I don't, uh, not a day goes by that I don't uh, have a lot of regret for what I've done in my past. And uh, just trying to make that right. Mm. But, I mean, I think something could be said for it's not all about what you do, right? It's also about who, like, what you what you do inside as well. It's not just all about action, action, you know, Oh, if I write the X many blog posts and work with this many people and speak at this many conferences and whatever, then I'll be redeemed. Like, I think the redemption has to come from inside first and then, you know, then the stuff and you're finding your way there. I mean, we all have our own path and I'm, I say that, but then I also do crazy stuff like, you know, (laughs) 
work a lot and then give myself pneumonia like I did a year yeah, ago. So I mean, go. I'm I'm not I'm not blameless either. So and I I could not imagine uh, having to talk about the stuff that you talk about and you know all the other things that um, you know basically dealing with your past mistakes every day because right. uh, they're right in your face. I mean, that's what you're working on now. That's you know. It. So it's it. uh it can't it cannot be easy so i have a lot of empathy for that for sure well thank you i appreciate that yeah. I, so i need it <laughs> <laughs> well i have empathy for you but i also uh do not um i i'm also don't give in i mean i don't cave all the time either like i hold right. my own right. um do. that's a pretty decent tra- i think that's as good of a transition as we're gonna get for this next that's part that's as good as segue as <laughs> Because it's a little bit of a left turn, right? Like, like, you know, people are hearing us in a good spot now, but we weren't exactly in a great spot after our uh, live episode taping. And you actually really wanted to talk about it on air. And I, you know, agreed with you. It wasn't my first thought, but, uh, you know, wanted to talk about why we didn't speak uh, for a while. Uh, We did have several very, very long text messages back and forth, but, um, you know, hundreds probably. My gosh. Yeah. We could probably write that. Can be your second say the same thing over and over. <laughs> well, I think we both wanted to be heard and because the, at yes. least I can speak for myself, I wanted to be heard. And I felt like, because you weren't like hearing, you weren't agreeing with me that you must not be hearing me. Right, That's right. what I think, where I think I was coming from. And I, same thing here, right? So I mean, it's, so if they don't agree, they're not listening. <laughs> I mean, I thought, I thought the same. Exactly. Thing. <laughs> Just to lay it out there, we were at uh, the CNP conference, and I was on stage, and I was walking through uh, an exploit on um, on defra- uh, we, had, we had social engineering, social engineering, and I ended up calling a very large bank a bunch of assholes is what I did. And it turns out that the bank was in the audience. Not only was the bank in the audience, but after the presentation, Carice is on stage. So it wasn't just Brett Johnson who did that. Brett Johnson had Carice on stage as well. So after the presentation, of course, Brett Johnson has people lined up to ask him questions. People are asking questions. Two people end up in the, at, the, at the end of the line. The first person is an NPR reporter who gets up there and he talks to me. And the first words out of his mouth was, I really like your honesty. <laughs> well, and I was the one that, you know, had, had invited him because he yeah. and I were working on something else. So I was like, oh, great. This is, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I really well, like Of course he did because he's in the media. And I so then, adore him, by the way. <laughs> and of course, the guy right behind him is with the bank. Right. <laughs> so, so he gets... <laughs> NPR steps aside, the bank guy steps up, and he's like, hey, Brett, I'm with the bank that you just called assholes. And I'm like, oh. So I had, uh, there was a bunch of hubbub about that. I was called the, uh, I was called the, what's his name? Oh, Howard Stern. The Howard Stern of cybersecurity. Yeah, I was called the Robin of cybersecurity. Thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) So I was called Howard Stern. I I offered the uh, the bank, I told him, I, I I didn't apologize for the sentiment. I did apologize for calling them assholes. Um, that was inappropriate. The The sentiment behind it, I, tr- I explained it to them, and I offered to um, to actually change the entire breakout session that was coming up after that to discuss 
my issues with their with their institution, and he could come up and we could discuss that in, in a format. And he declined that. I then offered to uh, write a blog. He declined that, and there was something else I offered as well. Uh, I think a call, that. like a consulting call with him, I or think something. It was. I think it was. But uh, the issue was, of course, is that with me, if you, if honestly, that the problem I think the big problem was was you being on stage. I think with me just being myself up there, that if I wanted to say whatever the hell I wanted to say, then then I bear that. But uh, I should not have have said that with someone else on stage with me. And I apologize for that. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, we've had a pretty strict rule throughout the podcast of no saying names. And I, I feel like I've been pretty, you know, honest, but also lenient that, you know, if, if somebody's in the news or whatever, then we'll talk about it. But you and I are both um, privileged. We're we're given a lot of information, right? Either that's through people who trust us, especially me. I mean, I don't mean to say people don't trust you, but I've been in this on this side of the fence for over 15 years and um, have quite the reputation of as somebody who people can be pretty honest with or very honest with about their vulnerabilities in their company or anything. And I, I'm a lockbox. And um, but also, you know, you're privy to a lot of information either through the dark web or through those companies as well, if you meet them at a conference or if they reach out to you. So it made sense to me to just say, we're not going to name names unless it's been in the news. That way we can protect people. And also so we can, you know, keep earning people's trust. I don't ever want anyone to think, you know, I talk a lot. That's just, you know, well known. But I am also very good at keeping secrets. Um, and, uh, you know, I might say what a company is experiencing, but I would never say what company is experiencing that. Um, that's just how I am. But, but because we've come from two very different sides of the fence where from a fraud perspective or, you know, fraudsters and things like that, you guys are constantly bragging and, and saying names and everything. That's kind of your, you know, bread and butter. Like you have to be able to say, Hey, these guys are, so if that makes sense. But for me, it wasn't just the fact that I was on stage. That was definitely part of it. And one of our uh, best, I don't know, favorite, who had a whatever uh, adjective I used to describe her uh, listeners and one of my friends took a picture of my face at the exact time you said that um, right after. And it looked like I was about to murder you. And I when I was asked if I knew that you were going to say that ahead of time, I was like, do you want to see the picture of what my face looked like? Cause no, I didn't. Um, and I remember at like the very beginning before we even got up on stage, I was like, Hey, don't forget like no naming names. And I go, and I said, it's one thing if we say it on the podcast when we're, I remember saying this to you vividly. And I remember exactly where we were standing. Uh, it was like 10 minutes before we went on. I was like, you know, not only can we not like we can't just have our editor take it out because there's people in the room. And I didn't know that bank was there. But I, um, you know, I think whether they were or they weren't, I still wouldn't have been OK with it. And whether I would have been on stage or not, I wouldn't have been OK with it because I am um, associated with CMP because I, I was a lot more on staff with them last year than I am this year. But I still do work with them and advise them and on content, et cetera. And uh, I'm pretty synonymous with it. And so. Yeah, I had to do a lot of mea culpas. I had to apologize a lot. I That was like all I heard. And what I was worried about was that that was all anyone wanted to talk about after the after our conversation, after our presentation. Like we did a huge keynote and we gave a lot of information about social engineering and how to prevent it. And all anyone wanted to talk to me about was that. And, you know, that wasn't fun. And I, I didn't want to talk about it anymore. It was quite stressful. Um, but I think... 
you know, you, you know where I'm stand, I stand on this, but I think what, uh, what we wanted to do is take a few minutes, each of us to kind of talk a little bit about where we stand on this issue. Um, and, uh, you know, you know where I stand and I know where you stand because I've got hundreds of text messages, but I don't think our listeners totally get it. I mean, you and I both said a little bit, but if you want, you know, um, I don't know if you want me to set a timer or if it should just be, you know, five, <laughs> five ish minutes, um, for, you know, you to kind of share why you think it's important to say names and, and why you sure. do that. And then I'll counteract it and we'll go from there. <laughs> no, I, my thought on that is, is that if a, um. It's better for people to know than not. So whether it be this bank that was uh, mistreating their clients, but not only mistreating their clients, but mistreating their uh, their customers. Actually, I'm so sorry. I know I just said like, but I wanted to just throw out there that I 100% agree with that, by the way. Like I, that it was not up for debate that this, com- this company does not do enough to protect its clients, it's card holders, any, any, like whatever you call it. like we, and I was very, uh, matter of fact about that as well. When I was asked, uh, you know, when I was given an apology or asked for an apology and, you know, had that conversation with them as well as a service provider that brought them to the conference, um, uh, who, you know, was also a sponsor of the conference. Um, I was very clear that I did not disagree with you on the reasons why you said that. I disagreed with the fact that you said that word and and that it wasn't clear that there was there was a reason behind it. It was just like they're asshole. You know, it wasn't like, um, you know, they don't do this, they don't do that, they don't take this seriously. Like, you know what I mean? And and I told you that too. But that I just sure. wanted to be super clear before you go into that that like I I knew exactly why you said it and where it came from. And you and I are a hundred percent agreeing with that we just handle it differently sure so so my 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 thing is is that if a company and i don't care if it is this bank i don't care if it's since we've talked about facebook ad nauseum i don't care if it's facebook i don't care who it is if they are doing something wrong i think it is better for the populace or for people to know that they are doing something wrong than not um so you know, and I, certainly I, I fucked up with the uh, with calling this bank a bunch of assholes. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I think the the sentiment that brought it on, I, I do not apologize for that. I don't, but I do apologize for poor word, poor poor word, word choice, and also for uh, for doing that with someone else on stage with me. Um, that was inappropriate, and I was wrong on wrong on that. But I, I'm a firm believer that if a company is doing something that is bad that it needs to be mentioned. Um, certainly we get in that whole argument of what well, no longer no longer becomes about the the behavior it becomes about that specific company. And I agree with that. there are and I, I would say that there are times when it should be about that specific company. So that's that's my that's my entire thing. I think that, uh, you know, we're seeing this whole movement these days of, uh, you know, companies are hit with breaches and a lot of companies want to try to hide it or minimize it and stuff like that. And we continue to see more regulations come online of saying, well, no, you're not going to hide it. And the reason that you don't hide it is because your customers deserve to know what the hell's going on. And uh, you're right. I mean, I come from a background with uh, with cybercrime as a criminal 
you know, the platform that I developed was this platform of open source. You don't hold anything back. You, uh, you, by educating all the criminals across the board, criminals become better overall, more educated. They're, they're more aware of everything that's going on. I, I take that same, that same type of argument on the good guy side of thing. I think that by educating everyone across the board, everyone has the same information about whatever company that is. I think that uh, it raises awareness. I think that if you take a company that is um, simply doing bad things, and uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll use the word Facebook again, I think that if you've got a company that's doing bad things, that their users need to know. I was talking to someone today, and it's anecdotal, but I was talking to someone today that I mentioned. She was, she was like, why do you hate Facebook? And I started naming things. Well, they allow prostitution. They allow drug trafficking. They have financial crime. They sell your data. They allow fake news. They do all this other stuff. And that person, not, not a cybersecurity person at all. That's one of the things we forget. You know, we, we, a lot of people out there aren't versed in this stuff. But this person had never was not cyber-oriented whatsoever. And she simply was like, I had no idea. So I think that uh, with me, it's, it's the point of saying, you know, this is why. We need to watch out. This is why you name this specific company. I don't do that always, but I think that if it, if the case comes that it needs to be said, you know, I I do. I don't. Uh, I'll I'll say it. I'll write a blog about it or whatever. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. No. And I mean, I agree with that to a certain extent. I think I want to be clear too that I it's not like I roll over and I'm okay with companies doing bad things. I mean, I have other ways of doing things. So, you know. Facebook is a great example, right? Um, over the summer, there was a lot of news that came out about them. And I always want to preface and say that the people who work in trust and safety at Facebook are not the people that I'm talking about. Like they sure. do their very, very best. It's sure. not them. It's always the people above them. Um, and I I know a lot of those guys and, and I really like them a lot and care about them. Um, this year, this summer, you wrote several blog posts about Facebook. You called out Mark Zuckerberg on LinkedIn. Like there was a lot of, you know, hubbub and, and you were just like hot for, you know, hammering them. And that makes total sense. Um, when I, you mentioned, uh, Nate that works with MP, works for, um, uh, uh, NPR. Well, NPR, but it's a, uh, show on NPR. It's not just NPR. It's like right. a show within that. Um, he had contact. The reason I knew him was because he had contacted me about uh, a story about Facebook and chargebacks. And when he Googled chargebacks, he found our podcast episode about chargebacks or my podcast about chargebacks and uh, listened to it and contacted me for an interview. And I thought long and hard about that because that was the first time I was ever going to go on the record on an article that was talking negatively about a company that wasn't, you know, not that didn't have to do with a breach or anything like that. Sure. But I looked at the evidence. There was a lot of evidence that said that they kind of encouraged friendly fraud chargebacks. There was a lot of, there were internal emails that had come out in a lawsuit with, um, that the court had compelled them to share and make public, like, uh, through the freedom of information act, there was a lot of stuff that happened. And so I made the conscious choice to make a, um, a statement about that from my perspective of what is best practice and that what they were doing specifically for that was not a best practice. And, um, I, uh, that was my way of, of doing something about it. And uh, what ended up happening was that there were two senators, uh, Bloomingthal and Markey, I think, that wrote a letter to Mark Zuckerberg the following week, quoting and using the words that I you know, had said 
in an in an email uh, letter to him asking him to stop doing this practice. Now, so, do I know that he like? Do I think that he hurried and you know called a big meeting and said, "Hey, change this because we got any-? no." I'm not naive, but to me, that impacted more change than you know just throwing noise out into the ether. That doesn't mean that you don't do other things that cause change. It's just that's that's one example. Other things I do is I think it's good to learn from the behavior, and like you said, and. I know that you said it because I said it 800 times, probably via text message. But when a company is named in this type of scenario, or even when we're talking about bad behavior, suddenly the story becomes about the company and not about the behavior. So if you're more vague and you say, hey, I know of a retailer that does X, Y, Z, and here's why it's bad, then you've got all the other retailers going, gosh, is it me? Let me go check out my processes. I don't know. And you've got other people not knowing once you say the company's name, then all those other people are like, oh, it's not me. I'm not going to think about it. Um, so that's that's one of the reasons. I, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is that I just take Merchant Trust so seriously. I don't want anyone to feel like they can't be super honest with me about what's going on. Um, I've worked really hard to be a trusted resource to hundreds of online companies. And um, I don't want to lose that. Uh, that's it not only it's not like I'm saying like that's my currency. I mean it is, but that's not the only for me. It's because a lot of these people are my friends and I care about them. And I know how important it is to have somebody to just reach out to who you know you can trust. And most of them I don't have an NDA with. So I want to make sure that they know that they're not gonna, you know, and there's a lot of them who a lot of our listeners who will reach out and say, Hey, don't mention my company name on the podcast, but this is what we're seeing. And I never do. But then I'll mention that. They know that, right? But my fear was that that would stop. Um, I also don't want to have to worry about lawyers. Um, there's libel laws, there's lawsuits, et cetera. Like I just, I, my grandpa used to say, if you ain't said nothing, you ain't said nothing. <laughs> it's not very profound, but <laughs> um, I just don't want to, you know, get in trouble for that. And then, you know, I think that there was another scenario and you know about this, like you would, you know, put a rant on, on LinkedIn about a company's shitty security practices and that you wanted a, a, um, contact and that you were going to write a blog post and and that company kind of went crazy and freaking out and like contacting their lawyers and who do we talk to and all this stuff and um, you know I didn't really have a lot to do with that but then a few weeks later I show up at their office for something totally different with clients of mine and I found myself having to explain that yes I do have a podcast with Brett Johnson but no we do not have the same you know, tactics and, and, and I just, I, I didn't want to, you know, I want to always be able to, you know, as your friend, be able to, uh, stand behind you. And I just think that this is a different, you know, it's a different side of the fence. And I do think that, um, it's something I've adopted for myself and my career path of, of being respectful of company names. But also, I mean, you and I did try to reach out to that bank months before this incident happened to tell them about a vulnerability. And they were so rude to us and attacked the messenger. And it was just awful. So, like, we had tried to help them before. So, I mean, like I said, I'm not. And I also, I think it's important to just share with people that as kind of a mea culpa, I offered two hours of free consulting to that company through their service provider um, who was talking to me. And I said, look, there are four big reasons why Brett said that. And I named the four reasons. 
And I said, I am more than happy to provide two hours of free consulting to them to explain those if they are willing and open and ready to listen to the the feedback. And I said, I also know a lot about what their clients are saying. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd love to help them because they're really not taking security seriously. Um, that was at the end of May and I still haven't heard from them and they haven't taken me up on my offer. And I also sent an email following up saying the same thing again a few weeks later. So I'm definitely not, not taking their side, but those are the kinds that, you know, like I said, I don't disagree with the reasons. It's just more the, um, you know, the fact that it's just not something that I wanted to do. So in a way, though, we have this incident to thank for the Anglerfish podcast because <laughs> there were a lot of things you wanted to talk about. Um, and I thought it was a great idea. You were, I think in the moment, you were like, well, fine, I'll just make my own podcast. And I said, good, please do. Like, I, I want you to. That way we can focus on, you know, fraud and, and you know, helping companies rather than tearing them down. Um, and, you know, we're good now. And, and we were good then. I think we just both wanted to be heard. Um, would you agree with all that? I, I would. I mean, I, I tell you what, what, what bothers me more than anything is, is this idea. So, you know, you, you went to, I was, I was dealing with a criminal in, uh, in Atlanta. She's, she's currently in prison well, in, in jail in Fulton County, awaiting several felony counts that she's going to stand trial for. But, um, one of the, I wrote a blog about her compromising this uh, this payment system, and uh, that's that's the company that you went and talked right. to that right. brought up. And it what what really bothers me, and I, I, it really does bother me, is this this idea that for some reason they hold you accountable for me writing a blog. Hmm. I think that uh, I think that is really really unprofessional for that company to do that i didn't feel like they were holding me accountable it was more like they were kind of trying to see if they could trust me or not like it was kind of like this i don't like oh you're associated right yeah but it's association that goes to accountability is what that is that's that's still instead of going and, and discussing it with the person that is accountable me they decide to discuss it with someone else which goes back to the entire issue of why that blog was written to begin with. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and we could definitely like argue the merits left and right, but I mean, it is, it's a small industry and we all are kind of judged by the people we know. And there's a few people that I don't associate myself with anymore. Very quietly. I don't associate myself with them because we didn't even have a podcast together or anything, but people would be like, Oh, you know, I know you, you know, that person and they said this and they were, you know, bad sales practices or whatever they were doing, crossing lines and, and being rude. And it wasn't like I was being held accountable. It was more like people were trying to understand, like, how are you friends or how do you know? I wouldn't say we were ever friends, but like, how do you know this person? Like what? And um, I think that was more the situation, but it just kind of stunk because my client, my poor clients were like, uh, it has nothing to do with the podcast. That's not yeah, why she's here. Right. Nothing. And I was trying to say that too, but like, it was more like, Oh, you know, that guy that, you know, gave me, that caused my Friday to blow up. Like, I didn't feel like they were holding me accountable, but just the fact that I, I was in that situation, like, that's just one of the, 
one of the reasons why I don't like it. But I certainly am not saying like don't do it for my sake. It's just more like it has consequences, right? Like on this side, those kind of things have have consequences that you may not understand. Whereas when you're on a dark web forum where you're not using your real name and people don't know who you're really associated with and you can say whatever you want, like that's. It's just, it's different. That's, I well, guess. No, I, I, I do understand that. I do. My, my thing is that, uh, and I, I actually I had a guy mention this to me uh, three, three, four days ago. He was like, you know, what's interesting is, is that when you were a criminal, if you told someone something, they could take that to the bank. Hmm. You know, 100%. Whatever you said, that's the way it was. And he said, you're right now getting to the point where you're like that on the good guy side of things. Hmm. And I like that idea. I like the idea that if, if Brett Johnson says something, that you can count on it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to do something, if a company has been compromised, if a company needs to watch out for this type of exploit or whatever, that it's like that. And and honestly, while while you're absolutely right, it should be about the behavior more than anything. If you're if you're talking about a company, but sometimes it's about the company. Yeah, I totally get it. I think for me, it's like, it's the intent, right? Is it to be inflammatory? Is it to be crazy? But also, what's the outcome, right? If it, I mean, my, my worry is, you know, you're, you could possibly burn bridges with merchants, because you're, you know, calling people out on your blog, and are calling other companies out on the blog, and they'll, they won't trust you with that information. Sure. And what good came out of it, right? Because honestly, I mean, we're just going to keep using Facebook as an example because they're the one that's in the news a lot for a lot of what they're doing. Um, is like, it's not like Mark Zuckerberg is going to be like, Oh, Brett Johnson, a former criminal is talking about me. I better stop, you know? And right. that's, but you know what is good about it? No, I don't actually. <laughs> okay. It's worth it to me to do that for every single day of the year. If just one person says, you know, I didn't mm. know that. Mm. I see that. And it's, it's, it's worth that for one person. And I will say person. you said something to me on the escalator at CMP that has still stuck with me about this. And I don't know if you like remember saying this or not, but you said part of me being legal isn't just about me not committing crime anymore. It's about me speaking out against an injustice and me speaking out. And crime doesn't just happen on the bad guy side of the fence. No. It happens on the good guy side, too. And I, I agree with that 100 percent. Um, I, I have more and more this last year and part of it's been because of your inspiration. I, I have started to speak out more in, in my own way, in my own, uh, you know, whether it's, to you know, uh, investigative journalist that I really, really trust or, or something like that, or, you know, whatever else it is, I, I don't want to go into all the things, but, and I, I used to just stay out of it altogether. And I, I agree with that. I do think that there needs to be a reckoning and especially in our country, in the U S there's not a lot of regulations. And so there are a lot of internet companies and, and banks getting away with things that, right. that they shouldn't. Um, and, um, I, you know, recently had a whistleblower from a company that you and I both know have been, right. uh, facilitating, um, if, if not facilitating, they've been definitely not trying to stop the money laundering that happens with them uh, on their on their site, on their goods, et cetera. And this person came to me and I um, I took action. I, I don't want to say what I did, but I I helped them. And it's it's a company that both on the dark web and on the you know good side, we all know that this company is doing that. And so I felt like, well, if I can do something with my position in the in the industry, I will. 
Um, but I'm not always going to be loud and, and upfront about it because I want to keep the trust of the other people. It doesn't mean that I want to keep the trust of that company. I want to keep the trust of the other people who are no, listening and, to me and, you know, and hey, think, Carissa. gosh, if you, she said her, their name, she's going to see my name. You know, that's more what I care about. Right. And, and I'll be on, I'll be upfront with you. I, I actually, I, I respect your, your view on that. And I think that your view is, is not incorrect. I think it's correct, but I think it's also correct to say that, that, by me pointing out a company, yeah, I may some people may not want to talk to me, but guess what? Some people will. Mm. Mm. So I think it, I think on both sides, it levels out. I think that right. what, we're, what what you and I have more than anything is just a, a different philosophy, right? About about how to handle it. I don't think that either one of them is incorrect, right? Um, no, and I I mean I different. agree, and I think I think that there are times when it makes sense to name the company, and I I mean. I would say that, you know, in five, 10 years, when you have, you know, one or two TV shows behind you and a book deal, you're going to be in a better position to be able to um, impact change when you do, you know, say company names and things like that. I, um, I think it'll make a little more sense. But still, I just think, too, that like, because you haven't ever worked in corporate America, and honestly, I'm kind of jealous about that. Sometimes it's not a bad thing. I love it. It's not a bad thing. But you don't, you don't fully (laughs) understand the the repercussions either. Right. Um, like you had said, you know, when we were talking about the, the payment service provider, uh, you had said, well, he's not responding. I poked him a little bit on LinkedIn and I teased him a little bit and he's not responding. And I said, yeah, because he's probably talking to his lawyers right now. And you were like, Oh, because well, I, I know mean, what he, that's he, like, you know. <laughs> but they're welcome to talk to you, lawyers. They, they're not going to get me. But they're not going to on say any something. type of defamation or anything like right, that. Right. But I'm saying they're not going to respond to you because they're asking their lawyers how to respond to you. Right. And and what they wanted me to do on on the case of that that payment service was they wanted me to go through their bug bounty program. Well, you know what? No, no. Well, they wanted to streamline it, right? Because if they're getting if they're getting knowledge about things on Twitter, on Facebook, on blogs, on things, and then they can't always track it. So that's what they want. But I also understand that like you, you were just wanting to get, yeah. And, and I, like I said, I think it's really good that you got the information out there, but could you have gotten the information out there without ever naming that company? Because I don't think so. You don't think that those exploits or those types so of exploits were happening on similar Well, I mean, services. With, with- should I say a competitor's nope. name? Nope. <laughs> so, so there are other I, competitors yeah, there are that other that type of right. that that type of crime had already been fixed. Oh, okay. So I didn't realize that. Okay. So, so no, and and this Mary Breen that was that was arrested, she was arrested with these this company's credit cards, right? That I talked about defrauding. So it's not like that, you know. After it wasn't unfounded, right? It's yeah, and after I told them about the exploit, they obviously didn't fix it. Not only mm-hmm. did they not mm-hmm. fix it, but I was that. consulting with a company last week that asked me specifically about that company. I pulled it up in real time during a web, not a webinar, but a Zoom meeting. Pulled it up real time for them and showed them on the dark web exactly what criminals were saying about that one specific company mm-hmm. in real time. Oh wow! A conversation that took place literally, literally two hours mm. before my meeting with this company. <laughs> And it was saying, hey, the, the guy asked, he, the, the, the poster, he was like, hey, you know, why is nobody messing with this company right now? Mm-hmm. And some other people chimed in, well, what, what's, the, what's the method? And the response was, there is no method. The only thing you need is a brand new cell phone. And it went oh, for the charm. Oh, man. 
my face just went to my head. And I will say, I want to be super clear. There are especially some disruptors in in this industry, not just that company. Because, yes, with a few Google searches with her name, people can figure out who we're talking about. Not just them, but there are other companies that are in that area. And when you mix financial services and technology, you know, build, move fast and break things isn't just for Facebook. And there are a few companies, and, and you've been vocal about the ones I'm thinking of in my head as well, um, who for a while when they were, you know, seeking VC money and things like that, they were okay with having Absolutely. a large number of questionable accounts on their systems because they boosted their numbers. I am right. not okay with that. They I were do just not fine with money laundering. Hundred percent, like like this, this whistleblower you just mentioned. Right, that entire company facilitates money laundering. Right. Yeah, and they know it, but you know what? Bad guys pay fees because it's not their money. That's right. That's um, right. So I mean, I I don't want to sound like an apologist or somebody who's like you know thinks that you know the merchants or banks or anything don't don't make mistakes or don't do bad things. And and I think that what's happened is like the pendulum of your social, of your justice has changed, right? Your sense of justice. It went oh, from yeah. like, yeah, I mean, it just went from <laughs> one extreme to quote Denise, like one extreme to the other. Yeah. Um, and I think you're still reconciling with that and that's okay. I mean, I certainly had I not worked for the MRC, I probably wouldn't be as cautious about naming companies as I am. But I'm glad that I do because it means that other companies know that they can trust me because they hear me not say names otherwise. That's that's part of my – I don't want to say my brand because that just sounds so callous. But like that's but I, I mean, it is. part it of is what part of people brand. think of for me. Like, okay, I can tell her this about my company or whatever because I know that she's not going to tell anyone. So that's why it's so important to me. Um, and I th- Absolutely. And I was I was certainly wrong to do that. And um, and I appreciate it. I mean, you've apologized before and I certainly don't hold it against you. Everyone makes mistakes, myself very much included. Um, but I just I think that it is a decent conversation to have because I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I don't see any big, huge regulations happening in the U.S. anytime soon. And um, I mean, with CCPA, it's helping a little bit with some data stuff and everything, but not not everything. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think it's a good conversation to have. So we had talked about uh, putting a poll up on our Facebook page, even though, admittedly, I haven't done much with our Facebook page in a long time. And <laughs> honestly, we also had a conversation about, like, does it even make sense to have a Facebook page with how much Brett talks badly about Facebook and myself included? But these in these days and time like these times I, I don't know what else like is it better to have it on LinkedIn I don't know so if you guys don't that's a conversation for another time but Facebook does have the ability to poll people um, and I don't think LinkedIn does as much so I thought it'd be fun to poll and Brett and I have agreed and neither one of us are gonna our feelings hurt it's just gonna be interesting to us to hear from you guys Whose side are you on? Which side do you think makes the most sense in this situation or in other situations? And then feel free to comment too. Like we want to have that debate. It's it's something that I don't think many people have had that debate about um, because it's not really something that many companies – I mean I do think that solution providers need to have that conversation as well within their company of when they're going to name drop customer names and stuff because some of them do it way too much or, or share – private information about their clients they shouldn't with prospective clients like but that's the only other situation i can think of where people would have that but um just something to make it fun and interesting i think that's the reason for doing it (laughs) all right but all that said like 
I have to apologize a little bit. Like we obviously didn't come in and like talk about a new fraud trend. Trust me. There are so many new fraud trends to talk about. I made a very, very long list on Google this morning. So that is coming, I promise, in the next episode and beyond. But we really just kind of wanted to, you guys who are our fans who have been so supportive and also have asked us along the way, like, hey, did I miss an episode? <laughs> um, you didn't. Uh, but we wanted to kind of clear that up for you, for you and catch you up on uh, the last few months before we dive in. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> well, we did that. All right. Are, are we closing it out now? I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay. That is it for our episode today. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you've learned a lot, even though it's just a bit about our absence <laughs> and our little, our little tip. Yes. <laughs> you know, the truth is we've got so many fraud topics to cover to help protect you and your company from fraud. So please subscribe to the online broadcast to be alerted to when a new episode is out. And please... Please tell your friends, rate and review wherever you can to help others learn about these topics as well. And we love hearing from you guys. Even if I'm not the best at responding right away, we I still read every single one. And I know Brett does too. We love to hear what you like about the podcast, how we can improve, what topics you want to hear us discuss. You can find the online broadcast on Facebook or individually on LinkedIn, as well as on our website, uh, www.onlinebroadcast.com. Until next time, stay informed, stay vigilant, and stay secure. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.